God has called us for worship. God has called us for prayer. God has called us to evangelism. God has called us for discipleship. And God has called us for revival. I'm, I'm very honored to be invited here, uh, Pastor Cleo, uh, Pastor Lumina, and uh, there are a lot of friends I have here. These people have you know, sowed honor into my life and I want to honor them back right now. And I just want to thank the Lord for placing them into my life and Pastor Priji's life and, and just want to bless them all. I love this church. I love the people of this church. Uh, it's not often that I come, get to come here. Thank you, worship team. The worship was amazing. The presence of God, you know, I was like, I can't cry. I have to look good, you know, so don't, don't do this. The presence is so, like, so thick. Amen. So when Pastor Cleo uh, invited me, he said, you know, it's Mother's Day special, so come preach on Mother's Day. And I'm like, God, where do I get a Mother's Day sermon out? Like, you're the father, and you're the brother, and you're the friend, and how on earth am I supposed to talk about mother? So he's like, in the beginning, there was the mother, the mother of all mothers. So let's, let's move to Genesis, because that's where everything began, right? The father and the mother, and, and you know, there's a lot of talking about life. And So where do you see this mother in the beginning? I'm giving you the hint already, right? In the beginning. Sorry? God is mother. Yes, that's very, very profound. It's something that, you know, we cannot understand because he says that I've held you close to my bosoms, you know? God is a mother, yeah. Where is the, like there's a term mother used somewhere in the beginning. It's in the beginning, Genesis, right? Genesis, okay. Go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. So it says, The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. She was the mother of all living. Now, we've reached Genesis chapter 3 and, and it's now that we talk about mother, right? So do you, do you know what was happening around this verse? Like, what were the... What was the scene around this verse, or the scenario around this verse? You can probably, you know, keep going back and we'll keep going back and back and then we'll reach the beginning. So you should understand that this is happening right after um, Adam and Eve and the serpent were cursed. That's, that's the whole climax of Genesis chapter 3, you know, the man falls to sin and he is cursed and after that is when this is happening. What happened before the fall of man? Let's, let's move to the, like, you know, we, we're just going to go back. There was, there was creation, okay? There was, um, there was, uh, so there was creation of Adam and Eve, okay? And then there was a blessing that was pronounced upon them. And then there was a commandment that was given to them. And then there was the disobedience of the commandment. And then there was the fall of man. And then we are here, right? So let's move to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It's, it's something that we know by heart by now. Okay, Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay? You see, there are three lines that have been written about the creation of man. Now, before this, what was happening? The earth was created, okay? The trees, the plants, the sun, the moon, the animals, the birds, everything was in the process of being created. Okay? Then, it says, then God said, let us make man in our own image. Okay? So, it says, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Okay, And it is after all that, that this verse says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Why do you think that this Bible is repeating this, this you know, statement again and again. God said, let us make man, then he made man, and then in the image of man he created. You know, it's, it's like a repetition. Because there is something important about it, right? Do you agree with me? 
Pastor Priji is like, yes, no, maybe, maybe not, Indian Nod, some Nod, you know, so, I, so we know the feel of the crowd. God created man in his own image. It means that God was in the process of creating something. He was in the process of creating man with a purpose, with a reason. Okay? And then it says, in the image of God, he created him. What is the image of God? What is our understanding of the image of God? When we say that we are, in, we are created in the image of God, what does that mean to say? Like God, okay. What does it mean to be like God? You should understand that the word created is used throughout Genesis chapter 1. What is the meaning of creation? When do you create something? Something you are bringing into existence, yes. You're bringing something into existence, okay. Giving life to something, yeah. Something that did not already exist, you are bringing that into existence. That is the, that is the meaning of the word create. You are creating something. It's, it's something new. And you should also understand that when we read the entire Genesis, we just like skip through those verses like nothing important is happening. But when God created every little thing, it had a purpose that was specific and unique to itself. God created light, God created water, then he created land. Everything is not just creation. There was, a, there was a unique purpose being fulfilled by every little thing that was being created. Yeah? So, this case, when we come to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image. And then he created man in his own image. So, there was a purpose that is unique and specific to man. And God created man. That's the first statement. The second statement goes to say that in the image of God, he was created. In the image of God, he was created. Like we've already understood. Image of God, the likeness of God. You know, we are or we were little gods running around in the Garden of Eden at the time of creation. Okay? When God made man, he took dust and he breathed life okay now you should understand when he breathes his life it is his holy spirit that he's breathing into the man which goes to say that man is a spirit being man is a spirit being this is so unlike any other creation that we've seen till now okay and man is made out of dust if you look at man there is a little bit of heaven and a little bit of earth in this man. He's made out of dust, but he's in the image of God. And there is a purpose with which, why this is happening. He's made out of dust. He's, he's being given the breath or the life of God. It just goes to say that, we are the moral image of God. The moral image. Okay? Whatever God is, we are. I'm not even saying we were. We are. Just that we were supposed to be here on earth, fulfilling everything that God is doing in heaven. That is why we have a little bit of heaven inside us. And a little bit of earth inside us. We are here on earth. But we are at the assignment and the task of heaven. And then it goes to say that male and female, he created them. When I say man, you must be thinking, guy with a big moustache, tall, muscles, sneakers. That's not man. Man, let me, let me take you back to that verse. Verse 26, okay? 
Can I read from 26? And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Who is them? Them is man because them is a pronoun. Pro for a pronoun to make sense, it has to have a corresponding noun. Where is the noun in this whole statement? It is man. Confusing? Let me take you to Genesis chapter 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them and he blessed them and he named them. And he named them man. You know, we are so um, caught up in our thinking, in our thoughts, in our perceptions, in whatever we understand that when God says something, it's like so weird you are God. You're so absurd. Like, how does that even make sense? For us, it's very, very hard to understand that male and female are just the exterior representations of a genderless spirit being. We are spirits first before we have a natural physical body. And the whole purpose of male and female, if you see, if you go to Genesis 1, and God, when he created these, these specific beings, you know, the plants, the trees, the, uh, uh, the birds and the animals and the, and the reptiles and the fishes and everything, he made them male and female for a reason. What was that reason? multiply, to replenish, to reproduce. That is the only and only reason why they were being made male and female. Okay? Coming back to a little bit of heaven and a little bit of earth. The little bit of earth that we have in us is our gender. Given for fulfilling a particular task. Because God made us with a purpose, right? That was what we had just learnt. God made us with a reason. God made us with a purpose. There was an assignment and a task that was given to us, man. Not Adam. Not to the guy. It was given to man, which had both male and female. That is the task. So, what are the three most important statements that we've learnt till now? God created man in his own image then in his own image he created him male and female he created them next verse it says and he blessed them what is blessing them what do you mean when you what do you mean by saying okay god blessed Blessed it. Blessed the food. God blessed Adam and Eve. God blessed man. What does the word bless mean? Okay. Bless means to consecrate. Bless means to set apart. Okay. Man, when he was created male and female, he was blessed. He was set apart. Now, he was not blessed by God and, you know, he, God did not bless them with childbearing, go bear children. No, that is not blessing. That was the task. That was the commandment. That was the assignment. That, was, that comes later, okay? But the blessing that came from God was of consecration, was of separation, was being set apart. Man was set apart. No other creation was blessed by God. They were given a task, definitely. And God did say, oh, it is good. But nobody else got blessed by God or set apart by God or got consecrated by God. You know why? Because it comes after that. It says, multiply, fill the earth, 
subdue it, have dominion over it. Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over earth. And before all this happened, we know, right? We've been Christians for long enough to know about the story of Lucifer and the story of pride and how he fell from heaven, he came to earth and the earth technically belonged to him and the earth was formless and void. Right? That is when God steps in and he makes something beautiful and he says this is good. Right? He made the Garden of Eden and he made a lot of living creatures, life that is what you will see in this entire uh, story. There is life, there is goodness, there is multiplication. And the commandment given to Adam, the commandment given to man, male and female was, this is just a small representation of what is to come. Eden, the word Eden, it means delight. God created something so beautiful that he took delight in it. And so, go. Now do the same over all the earth. Give me an earth that will give me delight. Well, that was the task of um, man. Okay? And when I say man, it is not the physical image of a man that we might tend to think of. It is about the human being, the human race, the beginning of where we are or what we were. Okay? So moving on to now, we've, we've completed, we kind of understood what Genesis chapter 1 was, right? So when we go to Genesis chapter 2, what do we see there? Genesis chapter 2, you know, now it's so convenient for us because uh, Bibles are on our phone and uh, even the other Bibles that we have, you know, they've got these nice little subtitles, the, the, the teaser to the coming passages. You know, so what does the teaser say? It begins with seventh day God rested, okay, God rested and then it goes on to say again, the creation of man. This time, a little more elaborately, a little more in detail, which means, oh, there are more revelations right here, right? So, what do you see in Genesis chapter 2? Like, let's just, let's, we, we know the story, we've, we've read it so many times, right from uh, kindergarten, you know, our biblical kindergartens, our kids' church and our Sunday schools, they keep drilling the same thing, uh, the story into our heads, so we kind of know what's, what's about to come, right? What is about to come? The man is formed, yeah? We've already seen how God took dust, breathed life into man, and he breathes his life into Adam, got him to life. Then what happened? Man was alone, he was walking with God. Yes, that is true, he was walking with God. It goes to say that, uh, you know, like God and man were in always, com you know, they were always in communion with each other. And then this weird Bible verse says that he was alone. Yeah, it says it was, it was not good for man to be alone. Exactly, but God was there, right? So where is this concept of alone coming from? in the physical, okay, but I, I believe that God is able to fulfill our every desire and every need. So I don't understand how man was still alone. Everything, he wanted companionship, he had it in God. He wanted uh, physical needs like, you know, probably uh, uh, hunger, thirst, all of that was, there's fruits lying around, there's, uh, you know, you can play with the animals. What, what made no, don't go in the wrong way now, okay? That's not the meaning of alone. He doesn't need anybody to be like him because he had this great friend in God. He needed a helper for what? He wanted a helper or a companion for something. What, what is it? In Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, it says, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Now, I want you to hear the Bible verses, the different translations of how this verse is translated, okay? Um, okay. 
starting with NIV. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Okay? I will make a helper suitable for him. NLT. I will make a helper who is just right for him. I will make a helper who is just right for him. ESV. I will make him a help who is fit for him. What is that? Fit for him. Okay, this is like uh, this is like a bomb. Okay, I will make a helper as his compliment. Uh, not the compliment, tarif kind of compliment. It is the compliment that you see in a jigsaw puzzle. This is the shape. This is what is missing, and they complement each other. Okay, I will make a helper who will compliment him. International Standard Version. This is the big bomb actually. I will make a helper to be an authority corresponding to him. What was that? An authority corresponding to him. I will make a helper. Oh, you know what? We've been beaten on our heads by the Bible so many times saying submission, women are submitting, women need to submit, women need to keep quiet, women cannot preach. Well, welcome to the real world. It says, I will make a helper who, is, who has an authority that is corresponding to him. To whom? To man. Other verses say, helpmate, helpmeet. He's like, help like unto himself, a counterpart. A counterpart. She is as good as him. When man was given this task or an assignment, he had to complete it, right? And the male half of the man could only complete so much of an assignment without the female half. That is why he was alone. He did not have a help. He needed someone to take help from. She was not better. She was not worse. She was at par with him. She was as good as him. There was a unique partnership that God saw and God created. It was supposed to be a relationship out of a partnership. It was a partnership. It was a partnership. And it says when God made the woman and he brings her to man, he immediately identifies. Oh, this is the funny part, by the way. God says, I want to make a helper for him. Let, uh, it's not good for man to be alone, you know, from... Uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, he goes on to say, it's not good for man to be alone. Uh, I need to make a helper who is at par with him. And then you know what he does? He brings in all the animals. I'm like, really? Seriously? This is what you wanted? A helper out of all these animals? God brought all these animals and all these birds so that Adam could find a help among all of them and it says um, the man gave names to all livestock but for Adam there was not a helper found fit for him and that is when God goes into the whole uh, process of creating a woman and the moment the moment Adam sees the woman Adam sees this this different creation, he identifies with her, he recognizes her, he just feels one with her already. You know when he was giving names to the other, we, we, un we probably don't understand what naming something, you know I like the name of this church, it, it, it declares something, it prophesies something. New Beginnings Church. This is a church of new beginnings in our lives. When, when Adam saw all the animals and he started naming them, it was pro probably like a feeling that he was getting too tall. Okay, we'll name him giraffe. You know, the meaning of giraffe is too tall. Or uh, the meaning of uh, the word zebra, barcode. 
everything looks like black and white you know it was just what he felt at that moment and that became the name of that animal or the bird you know when when i was carrying uh, our first baby everybody came and told us this baby will be a joy to your family she will bring joy she will bring great joy she will be the cause of comfort between the families between our you know uh, the different families when adam looked at this this creation he said she is a part of me she is a part of me because she is taken out of me and she is a part of me i accept her completely wholeheartedly just as she is i embrace her and i will call her woman i'll call her woman now it's it's amazing to see you know if you if you ever get your hands on to a concordance or or uh, you know these bible dictionaries that are there you look at the root word and you find the meaning of the root word english does no uh, justice to the way bible write you know the, the original words in greek or hebrew or aramaic can can bring sense to that statement because till now till till this particular verse uh, till verse 22 whenever you read the word man the word used is adam which is you know man with both male and female it's the word used in genesis chapter 1 genesis chapter 2 everything is adam okay it is only here verse 23 it says then the man the word used there is ish ish means male and then the male looked at this creation and said she will be called isha because she is taken out of me she is just a part of me and the man and the woman and that's how we see the whole creation of man and woman equal in partnership capable of whatever each other can do he did not realize he was alone because he is complete and independent in his capacities for example if you look at the bangalore beautiful bangalore roads okay there is tar underneath there is pipeline there is a lot of mud okay now there are three departments that work one is the department that digs the hole this department that digs the hole doesn't need anybody else they just dig the hole but there's another department that comes to lay the pipes right that's a different department when god looked at bangalore roads he said this guy needs a helper he's only digging roads right there's some there needs to be someone who's going to put the pipe inside you know what's the point of digging holes if you don't put pipes inside that's the whole point in in himself adam was complete it is not because adam was lonely that he was created please you should understand that very well it is not because adam was lonely it is because adam was alone it is because adam was alone in his need to fill uh, to fulfill the task that he had to do it had more to do with his assignment than to do with his person as a person he was independent as a person he was complete he did not lack anything good in him adam and eve were completely independent of each other they did not need each other to fulfill each other's needs they did not have needs that they can fulfill they had needs that only god can fulfill it's a, it's a very beautiful quote by I, i i don't remember who said it but the quote says that every human has a god shaped void in his heart every human being has a god shaped void in his heart it is when that void is not filled in by god that we feel lonely we feel depressed we feel bitter we feel resentment we feel sad we feel angry we feel resentment we feel revenge we feel so many things that is not good and not from god it is when we try to full, fulfill this this void with other things with friends with family with you know with your with with things that get you hooked on to them with music probably with with you know alcohol probably with 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 i don't know is this world has so many things to offer you to give you that perm to give you that temporary satisfaction but your void is in the shape of god there is nothing there is absolutely nothing that can fill that void except god himself 
man was independent, woman was independent of each other. I'm not saying independent of God. I'm saying they were independent of each other. But God realized that there was a need. It was not man who said, uh, I need someone. No, it was God who said, it's not good for man to be alone because it's a big task and he cannot do it himself. I need someone who will be as good as him, but in a complementary fashion. Not in the, I don't want Xerox copies. I want something that's going to fit in perfectly with this role and work in partnership, work in tandem and finish the task that I'm giving them. And that is the creation of Eve. That's the creation of Eve. And that's how we see the whole creation of man and woman equal, in partnership, capable of whatever each other can do. They were created and they were blessed and they were given the task and the assignment of subduing and having dominion on earth. Men, things go spirally downward from here. Okay? Because Genesis chapter 2 is over. We reach Genesis chapter 3. And what do we see there? The fall of man. What happened? Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. What happened when the fall of man happened? What, what was the one thing that God had told them not to do? Not to eat from the tree of? Are you sure? Tree of life or tree of knowledge? There was only one tree that was forbidden for them. That was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay? It was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now you should understand. This is how Satan marketed the tree. He went to Eve and said, actually it says Eve and Adam both were together. That is when Satan went uh, to market this nice little product called Apple. No, it's just a fruit. I'm not just kidding. Okay, Apple is an Apple iPhone. You know, those are such satanic products. You should never use them. I will hide my... <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. It was just a fruit, right? It was a fruit from the tree of the knowledge. Please, please uh, let these words uh, be like, you know, these big billboards. Tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is how Satan marketed, it, the, marketed the fruit. He said, did God really tell you not to eat of that fruit? Eve said, yeah, because if we do, we will die. And Satan said, no, actually not. You will not really die. You will become like God. And you will have the knowledge of good and evil. Okay? Now, you should understand these things, okay? He said, you will not die. You will become like God. You will have knowledge of good and evil. In fact, in KJ, uh, NKJV or KJV, it said, you will be a God. You will be a God when you eat of this fruit. Now, here's the lie. Adam and Eve were already gods. What did they have to lose? The word death or die it has a very different meaning in this scenario. It means uh, dispatch or prematurely end. You know, when man was created, he was not supposed to die. He was not supposed to die. But now we have something called as a premature end in death. We live only 80 years, 90 years, 100 years on this earth. That was not how we were created. We were created to have dominion, to, to subdue this place, to subdue this earth. Right? But Satan said, you will not die, you will not have a premature ending, or you will not have a, you know, an abrupt ending. You will become like God when they were already like God, and you will have knowledge of good and evil. Now here's the thing, if you are made in the image of God, do you really need knowledge of good and evil? You are made in the moral image of God. You have the morality that God has. And you know what God has? Goodness in Him. God is good. Everything He created was good. 
till now you did not see the word evil and the and the bible says eve saw all of that and desired the fruit for the wisdom it gave you know wisdom and knowledge are two separate things wisdom and knowledge are completely separate when do you know something when you know it right it's knowledge of good and evil what is good what is evil you know it what do you do with that knowledge is what makes you wise i'm not sure you got that knowledge of good and evil can only tell you what is good and what is evil but it cannot tell you what you can do with that knowledge it's just knowledge and man ever since he ate from the fruit has the tendency to move towards evil because once the spirit is lost once god's morality in him is lost he does not take good anymore that is why it says our flesh our flesh is so contrary to what our spirits desire because our flesh knows good and evil but automatically slants towards evil you can that fruit did not give you wisdom wisdom starts the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom the fear if she had little bit of fear of the lord that would have been wisdom not eating from a fruit eating from the fruit gave her knowledge of good and evil you know what you know what it is you just know what it is but you do not know what to do with it what's the point what's the point of collecting so much knowledge when you don't when you cannot put it into practice what's the point what's the point of knowledge of good and evil when god was good and all had in was good what's the point of burning your fingers with trying to find out what evil is and that's what happened she took a bite of the fruit and she realized that satan had cheated her because she did not become any wiser she just started understanding good from evil and suddenly everything that was good also started becoming evil because when man and woman were created they were naked and it says they felt no shame because being naked was not bad they had a glory covering over them it was not bad who told you being naked was bad and then it goes to say that when they ate the fruit their eyes were opened and they felt shame nothing had changed nothing had changed from then till now all that they did was take a bite of the fruit even the good things that they saw start becoming evil for them and that was the fall of man and that is when god steps in and then curses happen and it's these curses actually our sermon only starts now <laughs> the curses is what you should you should really look at okay pastor smiled it means i can take as long as i want i hope you guys have had good breakfast or there's some good lunch waiting for you yeah okay so i can i can take some more time Yes. Thank you. The curses. What were the curses? It says to the woman he said, "I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you." One amazing thing you should notice here is that when God blessed man, he blessed man male and female together when god cursed man he pulled out the woman and he pulled out the man and he cursed them individually oh something so bad happened when god cursed you know what the enemy was fighting you know what the enemy was fighting it was not his godliness it was not man's anything it was man's assignment and the fact that man was supposed to be united and the uh, that man was supposed to be in partnership something so bad happened that now god had to call them out individually in god's sight man was one male and female when god blessed them and sent them out for an assignment or a task but when god had to curse them he broke that unity right there and that was the first curse even before we go into any of the words of the curses you should understand that the unity that was broken between man and woman was the first curse over mankind 
and it was so bad. It was so bad. Because enemy attacked the partnership. That partnership where you held hands with the other person and said, we're going to do this together, got broken. In fact, man stayed right there. You know why? Because there's such a premature ending. That was the killing of something that was supposed to be everlasting. That partnership was supposed to be everlasting. And it ended right there. It was killed. Man was dead. And then God calls the woman ahead and said, I will increase your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth your children. Your desire will be contrary to your husband. And he will rule over you. Where did the partnership go? Where did the equality go? Your, the curse given to the woman was now you will be a subject. Your husband will no longer treat you as an equal. He will rule over you. He will lord over you. Because that is evil. That is what is in you now. You took a bite of that fruit. That is what is in you now. Evil. And that is why and when God created man and woman, it was one man and one woman. If you look at the history in the Old Testament, you will see man and many wives. And we moved from a society of equality to a society of patriarchy. Because men started being masters. Because men started lording it over them. And women had to be subject. There was no equality. There was no partnership. There was no togetherness. And the, the task given to man was to probably go forth, multiply, and fill the earth, subdue the earth. He was supposed to also work the ground, work the garden, keep, uh, keep a watch over the garden, look after the garden. All of that, man sa God said, I am not giving it to the both of you anymore. She is going to bear children. You are going to do the, the hard labor. And he gave them both one common thing. It was pain. It was pain. The same pain that the woman feels in her childbirth, it's the same word that is used when God is describing the curse of man. It will be the same pain. You do not understand the pain that a woman goes through when she's got labor pains. It's hell. And it's the same kind of pain. Man, man is not excused. It's the same kind of pain that was given to the man and said, in the same kind of pain. Because that is when the body started to decay. Everything around in the nature started to decay. We now have back problems. We've got head problems. We've got knee problems. We've got this trouble, that trouble. We've got cancer. We've got AIDS. We've got anthrax. We've got a hell lot of problems now. Because it is in this pain that man is going to, to work on the ground. Work on the soil. It's in this pain. But you know what? Our story doesn't end there. Praise be to God that our story doesn't end in these three chapters. There is a Jesus who comes much, much, much later. He comes as the conqueror and as the overcomer of everything that is said and done. The, the meaning of the word subdue is to overcome. And you know what? Here in this chapter, God sends them out of the garden saying, Oh no, they will touch the tree of life. And they will, they will bring to life all that filth in them and they will start living forever. No, I will not let them touch this tree of life. But the same tree of life is promised at the end of the Bible in Revelations. And it says, all those who overcome, all those who overcome will get the fruit of the tree of life. And I am an overcomer in Jesus because he is the one who's overcome everything. He is the one who's overcome everything. He's the one who has overcome it all. 
and that is why he's worthy of it all what is the sense of all this that you're listening to right now you know the word the the word eve it means mother it means life giver the term eve hawa the word means life giver or giver of life or the nurturer of life she is the nurturer of life and the the name adam it means man or mankind what made god look at adam and call him mankind what was it about him that god saw saw a person but he saw mankind in that one person it was the seed man or mankind or adam had the seed in him for generations he was the carrier of life woman was the giver of life she was the nourisher and protector of life he was carrying a seed she had to nurture it and nourish it they had to be doing tasks hand in hand in partnership and can i tell you something this church is a partner to god this church is made as a complementary part of god first in the garden jesus took it forcibly snatched it from the hands of the enemy and gave it to us he gave us everlasting victory he gave us everlasting life he said no more death it means no more premature endings it means i am giving you the partnership back it means you're not purposely more you are going to have a purpose you are going to have a task you are going to have an assignment wherever you are placed be it in church be it in your office be it in your schools be it in your homes if you're the only member in your family who knows the lord you have a task and you have an assignment and that is have dominion subdue every voice that is not from god subdue every power that is not from god you have been given a voice you've been given hands you are supposed to forcibly take everything back in the name of jesus and you are victorious you are overcomers am i talking to partners here can can we all just just look at god and say lord lord i understand that i am supposed to be in partnership i am not alone in this house lord i am not alone in this house lord god has placed people around me to hold hands and partner with god to bring heaven on earth to bring heaven on earth just like how the mother is the nourisher of life just like how the mother is the giver and nurturer of life the church is called to be a nourisher and a nurturer of all the seeds that god is placing on this earth you are the hands and feet of jesus you are the hands and feet of jesus you are the nourisher of everything that the enemy has overtaken on this earth and god i just lift my hands up to you lord right now and i say here i am here i am lord use me make my life count there are so many number of days that have gone past by without me understanding my my calling without me understanding my my the, the purpose behind with which i am here here i am here i am here i am let me tell you this we've come to a place where women feel so empty or incomplete without man that's a curse that's the curse that that was given in the garden of eden somehow something happened to our minds you know that's why the bible says renew your mind renew your mind scripture into your mind so you know what it what where this is coming from i'll 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 read out the different translations for the curse that was given to woman where it says your desire will be contrary to your husband it says 
verse, these are the verses, these are the translations that that verse it, it gives you. It says, the, your desire will be your husband or your desire will be to control your husband. Your desire will be that your trust will turn to your husband. You will long for your husband. That is not from God. It's a curse. We were living in a patriarchal society till Jesus came. Somehow that mindset has continued. Today, women especially feel lack in them when there is no man to fulfill them. If they don't have a father, if they don't have a brother, if they don't have a husband, if they don't have a son, they feel the lack in them. And trust me, it's a very difficult place to be in. My husband, he travels often. And till recently, I did not understand what it meant to be an independent woman in God. Every time he would go, I will fall sick. Every time he will go, I longed for my husband. My Bible reading will go for a toss. My prayer life will go for a toss. Suddenly things don't seem to be going fine after that. It is a very dry state. Only because the presence of my husband was not there. And that's when I'm so grateful to people that God has placed over my life. Especially my spiritual parents, Pastor Shaiju and Pastor Tini. Who made me understand the fact that I am independent in God. Eve was made independent in her capacities, independent of man to serve God. So when you become a pair, you are not dependent on each other. You are not independent of each other. You are interdependent on each other. If you know your worth in Christ, if you know your identity in Christ, if you know your value in Christ, you do not have to depend on anybody else. If it's a partnership, the best. If it's a three-corded stand, it's the best thing that could ever happen. So can we just tell God, Lord, I want to be in this partnership where I am the life giver to this society, this community that you have placed me in. You place the seeds. You be the seed carrier. You be the life carrier. And you help me to be the life giver in this generation.